Now, you see, in an age of mendacity and criminality, which is our own, just telling the truth and having integrity is revolutionary. It's subversive. It's countercultural. Welcome to the Counterculture Podcast. I am Brother Phineas, and this is the place. This is, this is where it happens. This is where we awake. This is where we examine the social engineering. The social engineering is happening under the system of oppression, under the system of racism and white supremacy. We, this is where we examine the programming, and this is where we actually start to counter it. This is where we actually stop conforming and start transforming our mind. Are you ready? These are the things that we're gonna start meditating on. Welcome to the Counterculture Podcast. Hi, welcome y'all. Welcome, welcome to the Counterculture Podcast. I am Brother Phineas. We're here with another episode. Um, we got a lot to unpack. We got a lot to unpack. It's, it's a lot been going on. Um, this podcast will be titled Desensitization. We'll be talking about a couple categories dealing with how we've been desensitized in a few uh, social areas or areas of activity, um, i.e. homosexuality, you know, hypersexuality, being hypersexualized, uh, and poverty. Definitely poverty. But before we get into that, I want to add a new segment to the show. We're going to add a segment called Coon of the Week. Coon of the Week. You are one extraordinary coon, sir. You extraordinary. Your coonery is extraordinary. We got two people that 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 you know what I'm saying made coon of the week list, and that is Jay Z and Gail King. Um, we'll start with Gail King. I know you've seen everything that happened with um her interview with uh, Lisa Leslie. Um, first off, we need to understand this. And again, we cannot look for these people to be some kind of, you know, <laughs> social liberators or to, to be our leaders or to be, you know what I'm saying, to do anything other than chase that bag. And so that's what that's what Gail Keen is going to do. She's going to chase that bag. And her being an interviewer, her being in the in the profession of going out and getting these stories and being the first one to be these be this reporter um they have to ask the hard questions that's what a reporter does a, a reporter a good reporter is going to ask the questions that people that you don't want to that you don't want to ask that other people don't want to ask it's like oh man you shouldn't ask that question that's exactly why Gail King should have asked the question because most people don't want to ask that question and so that's why they put her in the position to question these people, especially black people. You're not supposed to do that with white people. And so we we still, and that's that's the amazement that I have with our people is that we still be getting, we still be getting our acting, well, we act like we're upset at these things. And we still try to compare ourselves to our oppressor. Like, well, she she don't do it to the white people. Well, why don't you do it to the white people? Nick Rowe, because that's who pay her. That's who write the check. Why would you talk about the person who writing the check? Come on, man. And so that's why this podcast is very important. So we can counter the culture. So we can so we can really examine this thing. Why would she do that? 
She's a reporter. They pay her to ask the hard questions, not to them, but to everybody else. Everybody else. So, you know, Gail King, we could throw Oprah in the boat, too, because um, I seen Oprah do an interview with, with, with two Edomites or two, two white women, and she was, Gail King is not okay. She's not. She's getting death threats. And the only person that gave her a death threat was a 60-year-old Snoop Dogg wearing a bonnet. A pothead wearing a bonnet. That's who she's scared of. She had to go hire security for Snoop Dogg. And I ain't saying Snoop Dogg don't have no connections to get you to get your head or something like that. You know, I ain't saying Snoop Dogg is out of the game or I ain't questioning Snoop Dogg's um, you know, street cred or anything like that. I'm just saying, come on, man. This man was just doing shows with Martha Stewart. Like, come on now. Come on now. And he what look what he did to Donald Trump. He had this that crazy video. Uh, well, I think he just cut Donald Trump head off or something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But he got into a little, you know what I'm saying, a little trouble with with that video that he had up about Donald Trump. But, you know, Gail King, you know, it's all a publicity stunt. It's all a show. And again, her that's her job is to ask Negroes, Latinos, Native Americans hard questions and don't ask those kind of questions to the hand that's feeding you. And it's like, we still don't know that. We still don't know, like, why don't you do that to Harvey Weinstein? Because that's who wrote the check. You even got celebrities acting like they, like, like you know what I'm saying, they got some power in this thing. Man, you know who write that check, man. You know who got the bag. Come on now. But like I said, we love fighting ghosts. We love fighting ghosts, man. We love it. And we love attacking each other. Why don't we just attack Harvey Weinstein? Why don't we just, why aren't we asking the hard questions about Harvey Weinstein? Why aren't we doing some kind of bringing some publicity to the fact that Harvey Weinstein is still walking around here, man, and they not asking him the hard questions or they not asking his brother the hard questions? Or why are, you know what I'm saying, why, why aren't we standing up, doing some kind of, you know what I'm saying, bringing some awareness to the fact of, you know, these these allegations and, and how things are handled with, you know, Negroes and, and Latinos and Native Americans, how how they are criminalized and how they how they are looked upon compared to their oppressor. Why don't we get up and marching? Why don't we get up and, and bring awareness? So all we want to do is get on social media, get on Facebook. We'll, we'll throw it out there for a little quick second just to get some hoopla. Everybody just want in. Like Snoop Dogg just threw his name out there. He just went and said that because he wanted in on it. That's how I see it. He just wanted in on it too, man. So you can almost throw him in there. You can almost throw Snoop into the coon of the week also. Like everybody who responded to that. Because at the end of the day, it was just a question. It was a question whether it needed to be answered here or, or, or whether it was a good time to ask it 10 years from now. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it was, you know, if, you know, however you're trying to be, it was it tactful. Like, who cares? At the end of the day, she, she just out there to do her job. Right. And so, again, we can't expect anything from these celebrities. They are some of the worst people on this planet. You can't expect anything out of them. Now, another person to hit the list was Jay-Z. Jay-Z um, sat down during the national anthem. Jay-Z sat down during the national anthem. And, um, you know, people asked him about it. The reporters asked him about it. Like, hey, man, you know, why were you sitting down 
doing while the national anthem was playing. Like, were you protesting? And Jay-Z immediately, immediately put on his cool voice and said, oh, no, 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 no. We actually forgot. We actually forgot that the, that the, the, that that was the national anthem when we came in. She was already singing, and we were just you know we were just in awe. We just started conversating about how nerve wracking it is to be performing on this big stage to be singing the national anthem maybe for your first time or second time. And we just got you know we just started talking and you know what I'm saying having and conversing on on how nerve wracking it is for her to be out there. And we just forgot that it was a national anthem. We forgot to stand up. No, 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 no. Don't put us with them other niggas. Don't put us with them Kaepernicks. Don't put us with them Kaepernickers. No. We are very patriotic. We love this country. We love that flag. We just forgot. That's my bad. I take my bad on that. And so he had a moment. He had a moment where he could say, you know what? Nah, we don't stand up doing national anthems. But he let that moment pass because Rock Nation, Rock Nation, you know, is controlled of the, is controlling all the entertainment, um, producing the halftime show, and you know, producing all, you know, what I'm saying all musical forms dealing with the NFL, and so he don't want to mess up that bag. And so that's what I'm saying. That's why you can't have these people as, you know, what I'm saying uh, liberators. They just have to be celebrities because they are just there to chase the bag. That's it. Being a liberator means that you that you're gonna totally lose out on the bag, and that's why it's imperative that we support. The only reason um, Muhammad Ali was able to go around here and talk the way he was talking is because blacks were supporting him because the nation of Islam was giving him the check. That's the only way Dick uh, Dick Gregory was able to go around here and talk the way he was talking is because black people gave him the check. When you're funded by black people, when you're a liberator is funded by black people, he can get some stuff done. He can bring a shop value. He can say things that celebrities won't dare to say because you're not going to bite the hand that's feeding you. Because no matter how rich they are, no matter how wealthy they may seem, they still need that bag from their oppressor. They are still slaves. They just house slaves. They just wealthy slaves, but they're still slaves. They still got to watch how they talk. Because they were made by a white man. They were genetically modified by a white man. They were manufactured. That's just manufactured wealth. They didn't create nothing from the ground up. They didn't, like, nobody's going to them for nothing. They don't need no Jay-Z. They can do, they can make a million Jay-Zs. They can make a million Puff Daddies, a million Oprahs. They waiting on, they can't wait till he die. They already got, they already, they already tuning up the next one. They're already putting the nuts and bolts in, putting the spark plugs into the next Negro, the next celebrity Negro liberator. Already getting them charged up. So those are the con- the coons of the week. Um, they definitely made a splash this week. They were trending. Um, we know Gail King, you know, she, you know, countless interviews with the interview with R. Kelly. And, you know, what I'm saying we, we seen how she she handled that and vice how she vice versa, how she how she did. um. You know what I'm saying? Harvey Weinstein. How Oprah did Harvey Weinstein. 
um, and how she did Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Again, we just got to let those people, let those celebrities be celebrities. Let them and, and understand, not look up to them. Don't idolize them. Don't expect. See, that's our problem. We expect too much out of these people. You shouldn't expect nothing. They're trash. You don't expect anything from them. Now, to talk about the desensitization, let's deal with the desensitization. Um, we've first been desensitized with homosexuality. They've eased that thing in. I'm going to tell you the very first point where they eased it in on us, you know, when they tested the waters, when they made that movie called Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain is when they tested the waters on us to see can we really do it? Can we really start putting this homosexual? And since Brokeback Mountain, and I don't really know, I want to say, I want to say early 2000, maybe the year 2000, early 2000, maybe, maybe late 90s, early 2000 when that Brokeback Mountain movie came out. Since then, in the next 20 years, man, this thing has has went light speed. Homosexuality has just spread ridiculously. It's everywhere. It's everywhere to the point where it makes you feel, especially in Atlanta. You in Atlanta, man, you almost feel like you, like, you know, like you're in a minority. I feel, like, I feel like more, more gay people are getting married here than, than um, heterosexual. So, and we let that thing slide in there, man. We got desensitized. Once Brokeback Mountain, we said a little something about the Brokeback Mountain, like, wait a minute now. Can't have no cowboys kissing. We can't have no cowboys camping together. Nope, that got to stop. We got to pull that movie. You know, we was barking a little bit. We was barking a little bit, but then they just came back with just homosexual movie after movie after movie, TV show after TV show after TV show, and now we done got to the point where we like, just leave them alone. Let the kid be what they want to be. You know, this next generation, this current generation here, they are just totally desensitized to homosexuality. They don't make fun of those kids. Like the homo the, the, the homosexuals in this current generation, they are the cool kids. They are the kids that all the little the little um all the all the hot girls are hanging around. They're hanging around the gay kid. They hang around that one that one gay boy, I guess. Every little pack, every little female pack got a little gay kid in it now. We've been totally desensitized. Totally desensitized. And it's been going through these TV shows. You know, your empire. It ain't a show. It ain't a show that didn't don't have no homosexuality. Like it didn't take till I was about, you know, over 30 before I realized Vanity Smurf was gay. Like, dang, they put the even in the Smurfs. They had that little gay character, Vanity Smurf, but man, we were so heterosexual, we didn't even notice. I ain't even noticed. That Vanity Smurf was gay. That went right over my head, man. Because you weren't even thinking that way. But now it's just so, it's just everywhere, man. Sometimes when I go out to camp and I, and I teach on the streets, I had this ABC book with, 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 um, with these homosexuals that made a, a, a gay, they call it the Gay BCs. Google that. The Gay BCs. And so they're teaching your kids this. Like, it's nothing to talk to your kids about homosexuality. Like, you shouldn't have to have these dialogues. You shouldn't have to have these dialogues. I, had a, I was talking to a sister yesterday. She was telling me about a dialogue she had to have with her four-year-old son about his gay cousin. Saying that he thinks he's a woman. 
And so you got to have these dialogues with kids you didn't used to have to have, um, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. You didn't have to have these conversations. But again, we've been totally desensitized, totally desensitized, even to whack music. You know, we had a standard in, in, in hip-hop music. We had a standard for our music. Now they just ease the trash in, ease the trash in, and eventually we just start liking trash. The same thing with our food. I remember there was a time when I was growing up that everybody in my neighborhood, I come from a small town called Columbus. Columbus, Georgia, you know, a little, little south from Atlanta. But every, every one of my neighbors had collard greens. Everybody had collard greens and cabbage and tomatoes. Like it wasn't nothing for, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like the 90s. Everybody had collard greens and, and tomatoes. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like no, you know, no tumbleweed country town. Like, but, you know, we was a small town. But everybody had collard greens. All my, you know, all the grandparents had collard greens. And, and, and but now, man, we, we paying top dollar for that organic. That was organic stuff that was growing in their yards. It wasn't enough for somebody to come by and drop off a, a, a barrel of tomatoes, giving away food, giving away organic collard greens. Like it was nothing. Now you paying top dollar. And, and those kind of markets aren't even in those black neighborhoods. They're not there. There ain't no Costco's over there. Ain't no Sprouts. Ain't no Sprouts in you Negro neighborhoods. Ain't no Sprouts in Stone Mountain. And it's only, they, 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 and if they pop up in Stone Mountain, that's because they about to get you Negroes up out of there. Once you see a Sprouts in the Costco's, you, you might well start packing up. You ain't going to be able to afford that place in another two years. Don't even go in that Sprouts. You're you going to walk in there and know you don't belong. But, yeah, we've been desensitized to the homosexuality. Another example of that is um, the tight jeans. You know what I'm saying? We let the tight jeans just, like, look how we just deteriorate and we just morally just deteriorating. How far are we going to go? How far are we going to morally deteriorate before somebody says something? But the scripture says, you know, it's in, in the days of, of, of Noah, man, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, how bad can it get? And it didn't make you wonder, like, how bad was Sodom and Gomorrah? Like, like we, like we got to be close. We got to be close, man. Like, people are so gay now, they straight. These people are gay and they self to the point that they're back straight. You got transgender men marrying stud women and having kids, man. This thing is just totally out of whack, man. It's totally out of whack. They don't even want to be answered to, they don't want to be even called a gender anymore. Putting gender X on licenses and stuff. Like, we've been totally desensitized, man. When is it out of bounds? Where is the line? Where is the out of bounds line? Where is, like, like when is it a foul? What are the rules to this thing? Let's talk about Billy Porter, man. At the Grammys, Billy Porter. Well, Shalakia, my bad. Let me go back to the tight jeans. Jumping the gun. Let me deal with the tight jeans. Now, the tight jeans, now, we at first, we were bucking. We were bucking because we were sagging, and we, even the sagging, 
You know what I'm saying? Even the sagging was a part of desensitization, right? And and our elders were telling us, man, that came out of jail. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to pull your pants up. That came from jail. Y'all act around here like some homosexual. We were like, man, nah, man, you tripping. You tripping, man. We ain't no homosexual. We did it's just the style. We just rocking just the style. And I may sound like one of them, one of them elders now. That's what, you know, we, we, we getting around that age, man. But, like, you know, like, that bothers me, man. It bothers me. These jokers can wear these skin-tight jeans. And so we was bucking on the, on the tight jeans at first. You know what I'm saying? But now it's, now now big dudes wearing a little bitty jean. I seen um, Pee Wee Longway, he's some short rapper, man. He chubby, wearing them little skinny jeans. Everybody wearing the skinny jeans. They only, I don't even know if they sell straight jeans no more. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta order them off eBay now, man. You gotta find some straight jeans. You gotta look around to find you some straight leg jeans. Everything skinny jean tight, tight fit bottom, jeggings. It's out of hand, man. And not only are they skinny jeans, but they sagging with the skinny jeans. What is the next step, man? Do you even want to see it? And if we don't say something, if don't, if any, don't, don't nothing happen, if we don't start countering this culture, what is the next step? Do you want to see the next step? Like you can't exaggerate it. You used to exaggerate it. Like they used to, you know, boondocks used to make, you know, certain. <clears throat> I know it was a Boondock episode with um, I forget whatever that little gay rapper was, man, and how they was, you know, what I'm saying how they slick, you know, like you can't even ex- and he kind of it felt like he was exaggerating it a little bit, but look where we at now he hit he right on point, and it wasn't even long from that it wasn't even like it was like a year or two after the show episode we that's where we was at that was the culture in hip hop that's where we at now. Hip hop is hip hop is gay. Hip hop is gay. Now let's talk about the Grammys. We're saying that. You got this juggle Billy Porter, man. I don't even know what Billy Porter do. They say he did some some shows. I don't know what this what this joker do. But he 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 made some noise with the um it was an uproar that went on as a tumult about the tuxedo dress that he wore at some award show. And you had a lot of people supporting him, like, yeah, look at him, look at he's happy, he he's coming out, and that, you know what I'm saying? And then you know you had most people like, man, that's out of bounds. I even had made some flyers and put them on the flyer, like this is out of bounds, man. Deuteronomy twenty two five, this out of bounds. A man should wear that which pertaineth to a man, but now he gets he he just show after show after show they have to show Billy Porter now. After show, after show, after show, after show, we got to see Billy Porter. We ain't got to know about what the, what the dresses is, what the gowns are, who, who wore the best gown on the red carpet. What did Billy Porter wear? And he always in something just super flaming. Man, it's just ridiculously flaming. I don't even think drags would wear that, man. And that's what I'm saying. We, this thing ain't got so gay that, I, like, when you see RuPaul now, if you see RuPaul now, nine times out of ten, he wearing a dawn wearing men's clothes. They done got too gay for RuPaul. Lil Nas X wearing some pink, 
pink glitter thing, man. Like, like it's out of like, what's going on, man? All down and stuff with your shirt off, with your shirt off, man. Like it's one thing to be gay, but let you gonna take your shirt off and wear some cowboy stuff with a pink cowboy. Come on, man. You gonna pull up in a pink Lamborghini with it? With come on now. It don't take all that. You gonna just you gonna throw some some glitter dust out? Come on. It don't take all that, man. What are y'all doing, man? What are y'all doing? Number one record, too, man. They pushed him to the number one record. So we have been totally desensitized to this thing. They putting these things on, on magazines. on on and, and now we just like, huh, look, look at Billy Porter. Look what he wore. Look at Nardez. Look what he wore. And then y'all attacked Pastor Troy. Y'all had the nerve to attack Pastor Troy when he spoke up about it, man. Salute to Pastor Troy. We salute that brother. And see, that's when you have nothing to lose. You got your name back out there. You had nothing to lose. It can work both ways. You can't, but see, like I'm saying, you can't expect Pastor Troy to be liberating you. He got his name back out there. He can maybe have a chance to go back and get a little bag. Maybe a little bag come with that for him. But that's it. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't expect nothing more out of him. But he said his, he said his piece. He want his family to be heterosexual. He's not finna have that stuff around his son. One of the price, one of the proudest things he heard his son say is, look at this clown. Pastor Troy said, that's what you gotta do to get a Grammy. And some people may, you know, that gay community may think it's some shade, man. That LGBTQ, they may think it's some shade coming from Pastor Troy. But that just is what it is, man. All right, so let's move on to hypersexuality, man. How we've been hypersexualized. We've been desensitized to sexuality, man. We've been desensitized to like folks are just having sex in supermarkets. People are just like you don't even know who the hookers are no more, man. You don't know where the hookers are. You don't know who the hookers are. You don't know who's who's selling monkey. Like everybody look like they selling monkey. Everybody just walk around looking like this. Like it's just like that's just part of the culture now. All women have nigga. Like I even I remember when leggings first. Is this thing ain't this thing ain't been on too long, man. It ain't been like twenty years. In the last twenty years, this thing has just went down a major slope and have gained massive speeds. We've 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 turned many corners on horrorism in the last twenty years. There have been a lot of whores. Risen in the last like like little Kim was just out there. Little Kim was just ridiculous. Like to hear somebody having sex on a mixtape on a on a on an album to hear somebody have like that was just ain't no way we supposed to be listening to that was 20 years ago, man. How would I have 94, 95, 96? Biggie and all them, you know, like, like come on, man. Now that stuff everywhere. Now it's every. Now these. Now they actually making sex tapes. And people now they making sex tapes and, and people like I don't want to see. They like they desensitized to that. They don't even turn heads no more, man. You can't even sell a sex tape no more. You know you got a lot of these celebrities just sitting on sex tapes. Can't find nobody to buy. Like now nah, you know they ain't really watching that no more. It's not it's just hard sell. Sex tapes not hard sell, man. Y'all getting too old. It's been too too desensitized, man. 
Like it's, 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 it's to grab these jokers' attention now, to grab this new culture to be an influencer now, it's hard. It's hard. You can't just get in front of no camera and shake your butt in a thong. I mean, girls lighting their butt on fire, dancing in front. Like, that was, like, you, you would draw people in. You would draw people in with a little twerk video. But look where we at now, man. Look where we at now, man. Strippers, strippers. It's hard for a stripper to get attention. And now everybody looks like a stripper. Going Walmart, you know, like everybody just dressed like strippers, man. Leggings, every people wearing leggings every day, man. Leggings wasn't even a thing when I was in high school. Leggings wasn't even a thing in the late 90s, 2000s. You couldn't wear leggings to school. You couldn't wear nothing when you're showing your panty line and wearing a thong. Like, especially when that thong, like, imagine the thong. The thong song made so much, like, so much uproar came from the thong song, man. So much pushback came from that thong song. There was a thing called BET at night or BET late night or something. BET uncut. That's what it was. The water. BET uncut. Where they showed the uncut video. Man, the tip drill. Nelly had a video called Tip Drill. Man, Joker would stay up all night to see a video. Now they had something. They had the Vivo. All the videos uncut. Cussing in it. Nudity. All, like you ain't supposed to see no celebrity naked. Like you, you wasn't supposed to see no doing. Like, if, like we went crazy over that nipple in the Janet Jackson uh, debacle. That halftime show with her and Justin Timberlake. That was legendary. But now they just walking out, man. It's just nipples out. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, man, we've been totally desensitized sexually, man. Totally desensitized. And I think that's why a lot of that's it's kind of plays into the homosexuality. That women, men have been so, like, if you work in a strip club, you'll come to a point, man, you can't, like, it's going to be hard to turn you on. You just get tired of looking at naked women. And that's what's happening, man. These jokers, these new jokers may be so tired of looking at naked, naked women that they, they kicking it with their homeboys so hard that they start getting off with their homeboys, man. Now, that's just a hypothesis. That's just a theory I threw out there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we could study in the next five to ten years. I don't think we at that point yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there. And that's why women covering themselves up, women being modest, that's why that's the new thing. That's why, you know what I'm saying? That's especially in the Israelite community because that's still in the Deuteronomy 22.5. So you still want the woman to dress, wear a dress, and dress modest and cover herself, you know what I'm saying, to set herself. T- that's to counter the culture. That's to counter the culture of whorism. That's how you counter that culture. But we don't want those solutions. We just want to, we, we, we just, we just think this thing is going to go away. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to transform into something worse. And that's what we're seeing. It's just constantly transferring into something worse and worse and worse. Like, how are you going to get a man attention? Like, what's going to come after Megan Thee Stallion? What's going to come after the Cardi B's? What's next, man?
What's next? They all gonna be smashing on Man, Uncle Luke was just man, Uncle Luke was just rated XXX. Uncle Luke was porn. Like a Megan Thee Stallion Cardi B was 20 years ago, that would be porn, man. That would be labeled XXX. I'd be like soft porn. Like you probably had to go to the little, little little flick store to go buy that. To go buy a Cardi B show. Or a Megan Thee Stallion show. Now, they can have a Pepsi commercial. Let's go on to the next topic of poverty. Poverty. We have been desensitized to being broke, man. We had a new broke. <laughs> we had a new broke and we're happier than we've ever been. We had a new broke and we wear designer. 20 years ago, man. We, we, like this thing, that's what I'm telling you, it doesn't happen fast. What do you think we going to be in the next 20 years, man? We are going to be, and see, there's a documentary on YouTube called, um, oh, man, Congo Dandies. I want to say it's like Congo Dandies. And it's about the poverty in the Congo, but you have certain, uh, Congolian men or Congolese or some 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 certain people out of the out of the Congo, they had, you know, been into the French army. So they had a little money. They did have a little money, had access to 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 credit. And they would go out and 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 you know rack up fifty, sixty thousand dollars in credit just so they can go buy some designer over there. And come back and walk in the mud in a fifty thousand dollar outfit. To have some social status amongst the village. Congo dandies. Look that up on YouTube. But this is what we are. We some urban, we some urban dandies. We some trap dandies now. Where we want to get this social status and, and walk in the slums with a $10,000 outfit. With a $10,000 grill. Man, the gold grill ain't enough. We were just wearing plain gold grills. With, with uh, you know, maybe $100, $125. You couldn't tell us nothing. Six-piece mouthpiece. Um, if if you had the cemented in, like you ain't had no pullouts. Like you had the pullouts and then you had the ones that were cemented in. Uh, yeah, the cemented ones, you know, you was definitely in there. But if you had the pullouts, man, $150, $200, man, you get you some pullouts. And um, that was it, man. Y'all talking like, like, like everyday jokers spending... $5,000, $3,000, blowing a whole income tax check. Hustling Jeff for that grill. Poverty, man. Poverished. Poverished. Yet we eating, yet we got a $5,000 grill in our mouth. No car. No car, man. Look at, look at, look at how many young people are, are begging at the stores now. Look at the amount of people that are begging at the begging in front of the corner stores. Young people. Fred J's on. And really need that dollar. You know, you be like, man, you don't need that dollar. You got them J's. No, he really need that dollar. Like he hadn't ate today. He hadn't ate today. He asking you for a piece of he hadn't ate today. He spent it on that fit. He spent it on trying to create some facade. Trying to keep up with the culture. 
Because the culture now is designer. When I was coming up, man, high school, we could wear a, a we used to crease t-shirts. We had a plain, we had a, you buy a fresh plain t-shirt. That was a treasure. A fresh plain t-shirt and some Reebok classics and some dicky pants. You you crease that up, you hit the club. You hit the club with a with a thirty dollar outfit on with sixty five dollar whole the whole fit cost sixty five dollars. And you hit the club with another thirty five. You had a hundred dollar weekend. Time of your life. These jokers spending three hundred dollars on jeans, staying with their mama, ain't helping with no bills. She don't even know the gene called that kind of money. Did Joker walking around? Five hundred dollar tennis shoes on, three four hundred dollar pants on, in high school. That's what like like he like he want three four five six thousand dollars to go school shopping in high school. Totally desensitized to poverty. We don't like, and, and and you let people tell it, man. You let the Negro tell it. Ain't nobody broke. You know, even begging at the store, they ain't, you know what I'm saying? They still prideful. They ain't humble. They still think they, they, they still think they got it figured out. They still leaning on their own understanding. They still too prideful to take some correction, to take some reproof. To get some instruction. They don't know they broke. We've been told these sensitized to poverty. We don't know we broke. We sitting up here, can't even get a bank account. Sitting up here with, like, man, man people kill themselves with $1,000 in their bank account, man. It's going to take you about $500,000 to retire. Three, three to $300,000 to $500,000 to retire. You 40, you 50, how much you got saved up? We have been totally desensitized. We don't have these conversations. Because that ain't what the culture's about. If you can't get you 50 bands, go buy you something foreign. Go sleep with something foreign. Go smoke you something foreign. Ain't nothing domesticated about the Negro except his financial status. Bro. But don't know it. Don't know it, man. And that's why he have no hustle. And that's why he has no ambition. Because he's, he, and that's why he just sits and be content with living in the slums, with living in the ghetto. Like these people get rich now. These people get a, get a check now and brag about, man, I'm stealing. Man, you know, rappers used to get out. Rappers will come back and do a video in the hood, but they didn't. They didn't just chilling like these jokers getting checks now, getting million dollar deal now, still sitting in the trap, man. They don't know. They don't. They don't know they broke. That's all they know. They think the trap is rich. They they said they, they never thought that that was the slums. So even when they get a million dollars, they still go back there and still feel comfortable there because. They, they didn't they didn't never felt like that was something that was that was impoverished and won't help it won't paint it will wait till they oppression come and gentrify the neighborhood 
And then talk about man, I don't like the way this thing changed. Like Joe be like, man, I don't like the way. Like, what you mean you don't like? What you don't like the new corner store? What you mean? What you mean they done, they done gutted out, gave y'all new appliances, put up new siding on the apartment? What you mean you don't like, man? I don't like that now, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you should spray my set on the side of the building. Like, what you mean, man? Your hood ain't what it used to be. Of course it ain't. Like, we done been so desensitized to broke. Like, we want, we just want to stay there. We want to stay there. Can't nobody tell us that we ain't broke. Totally desensitized. And there's several things. There's several other areas where we've been desensitized, whether it's been education. All areas, all nine areas of activity, religion, um, um, education, law, you know what I'm saying, sex, war, counter war, all these areas of activity, we have been desensitized. We don't care nothing about it. All we care about is folly. All we care about is a, a blunt, a barbecue, and these little thoughts running around here. That's it. That's the culture. And that's why we got to counter that. That's why we got to bring attention to it. That's why we had the podcast. That's why we got to, you know what I'm saying, start evaluating self, start evaluating uh, situations a little differently. You can't be on the same path as everybody else. Like, everybody mad at Gail Queen. We need to understand that. Understand that Gail Queen is a work. She, she works for the system of racism, white supremacy. Jay-Z works for the system of racism, white supremacy. That's who writes their checks. You can't expect them to work for you if you're not paying them. We got to understand that. I'm going to give y'all one more thing. I'm going to give you one more thing I want you to evaluate. Because under the system of racism, white supremacy, we know that racism totally surrounds us. And that brings me to an incident that happened in um, in Michigan. In Michigan about the um, the Latino brother... You know, he, he you know, he poured his heart out about his his high school teenager being bullied to the point of crying because people are calling him taco and and he need to go back over the border and, you know, throwing the Trump jokes out there about build that wall and all this. He he getting pretty much heckled um, at school. So his dad is going to this school meeting about racism. His dad going to the school meeting like I'm going to go protect my son. And then the dad gets heckled. This is not an isolated event, and unfortunately, every time this happens, we treat it as an isolated event. We just had an outburst in here, right? We all had some type of emotion, regardless of what side you sit on. Myself included, I'm still reeling with that emotion. Hold on to that, because that's what the minority kids are experiencing on a weekly basis. I have racism all the time. Try being white and walk in a black neighborhood, see what happens, you know? You know, so you're complaining about you're complaining about situations and and like and like these uh, this incident where somebody made a little tweet. Okay, nobody's hurting that. You know, that nobody got hurt. That was done off off campus. So why does it even concern the school system? You know, everybody has a right to free speech. And there needs to be a change at the top. There needs to be integration there as well. And I totally disagree. A multiple. <laughs> It's not even worth mentioning. But we all care about our children, and we're all blessed to have these children. All we want is the best for them. So be grateful that you have a healthy child. Be grateful 
that they're here and teach them to be kind because that's what's missing is decency and kindness. And the problem is when people like that teach their children, that's what we're dealing with. We, we've got to change the ignorance, I tell you. And like I said, racism can be subtle. It's not always so bold in your face and someone calling you the N-word. I experience it regularly. I know there's a lot of good people in this room, but it only takes a few to really turn things sideways. I see it when the conversations that I have with people who are not of color, how they weave in. Are your kids here because of school of choice or you're actually paying taxes? Okay, and it just it weaves into the conversation, but that's where it's coming from, okay? This ain't a microaggression, it's flat out racist. When I'm talking about these events impacting my son, it's the N-word directed directly at him, with intent. I'm not talking about reciting a rap song and it's like, hey dog, you can't say that. Okay, that's education, right? That's the restorative process. But when you have somebody that titles something racist and then calls you the N-word, says white supremacy, white power, that is intent. These are grown ass kids, excuse my French. They know what they're doing. Well, where we have failed as a school system, and this is why I'm here today, we have failed to support my son. My son comes to school every day trying to get an education, but he has to deal with that BS. Yeah. Yeah. Was it even done on, on, on school grounds? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're a representative of this community, and that's what this is about. Pours his heart out about how he, he swam here, as in came here as an immigrant, and... Um, you know, Esau, man, this, this this cracker just goes up and says, well, why don't you go back? Why don't you go back then? And it's like, dang. The Latino didn't even, didn't even bug back. He didn't bug back at him. He just started giggling. He just started laughing like the Joker, like, the, like that new movie, like the new movie Joker. That's why I use that as a profile picture. It was like the Joker very deep. It shows you the social climate that's needed, that's necessary to produce a Messiah. Like the Joker was a counterculture. Like he was a Messiah. He was countercultural. And it shows you the conditions where everybody reaches a certain certain level of poverty, but they're not desensitized to it. They understand that they're poor. We don't understand that we're poor. That's why the system of white racism, white supremacy is so powerful. It'll make you think that you're smarter than these people. But you're not because you've just been designed. How are you going to be smarter than the people that's educating you? Come on now. You ain't doing no field research. You ain't out there like, how are you going to... Man, all you're doing is getting information about the, the, the Egyptians or the pyramids or your religion. They're giving you these texts. You're not out there in the field. You're not out there, you know what I'm saying, digging up the artifacts. You're not out there doing that. You're just looking at the pictures online. You're reading the, you reading the magazines. You're reading what the scholars are telling you. And then try to act like you're smarter than these people. And that's what the system will do. They don't mind you thinking that way. Because they know better. But this 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 Latino, he poured his heart out. This brother poured his heart out. And then once he got heckled, the dude said, well, why don't you go back since you like it so much? Why don't you swim back over there? And then everybody was like, <gasps> you know, all the white people, <gasps> they're trying to act like they was just, you know, just, uh, you know, just astonished that he would say something. They was just appalled that he was saying something like that. And, he, and, you know, I watched the Latino start laughing. He started giggling. 
his response to being heckled, his response to this racist cracker. And I want you to evaluate it. Pause for a second and evaluate how it made you feel for me to say cracker. You know, what did that do? What did that do for you? Like, did that make you say, well, oh, man, you know, Brother Feeney is just racist. Why would he say a word like that? Why would he use that derogatory word? And, and we sit here talking about this racist, that, this racist, this, this race soldier that heckles this man pouring out his heart about his son being bullied. You have a whole, this man is at a whole, this, this, this man's son is at a school full of racists. And I'm going to tell you how to identify a racist. I'm going to show you how to identify because nobody points him out. I'm going to show you how to identify a racist. Let me finish my point here, though. Um, but he pours, he pours his heart out. The heckler comes in. Yeah, you just go back, whatever, da 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 woody woo um, he, he also continues on heckling him. But this dude, his initial reaction was to start laughing. Like, it was so painful and so so shocking to him. His initial stance was in anger. Like, that's how you know we have been totally rewired. When somebody says something disrespectful to you, you immediately get anger. Anger is the first emotion, naturally, that comes. But we have been so desensitized, so rewired by the system of racism, white supremacy, that when they say something racist to us, our first initial thought is to, like, shake it off. Did you really say that? Are you are you serious? Only on 12 News, a confrontation caught on camera between an Uber driver and his passenger. That passenger became angry because he was asked to sit in the back seat. He accused the driver of being racist. Joe Dana has the audio of that argument and the responses from both sides. Joe? Yeah, all of this happening in the East Valley, the Uber driver, an ASU student who is black, says he was shocked when the customer called him the N-word. That student brought the video of the back and forth to 12 News. Take a look. Am I sitting in the back? No. Yeah, I don't like to sit there. I don't like when people sit in the front. I cannot sit there? I don't like when people sit in the front. Then I'm, I'm going to order something else. All right, sounds good. So cancel it. Okay? We'll do. Thank you. No, are, are you serious with me? No, I don't like when people sit in the front, period. I'll cancel and refund you. Okay, let me do this. I'm going to write in the back and I'm going to file a complaint, okay? Because I have I have the right to make my own option. I, that's am, fine. I am an independent contractor and I have a right to deny okay. this right. Good. So let's take a discussion no. about that. Please leave my vehicle. No. Sir, please leave my vehicle. Well, honestly, I'm here. I'm sitting sir, here in the back please seat. Please leave my vehicle. Is that because I'm white? No, sir. You're a. You're a oh, man. This is good. Yes, that's yes, two yes. Dash cams. That. and bomb believers. Screw you, you idiot. Oh, thank you so much. You got a camera. I was in a state of shock. I almost wanted to laugh. I was in a state of shock. I almost wanted to laugh. I was in a state of shock. I almost wanted to laugh. Because of how ridiculous this man was going with the claim. He blatantly said the N-word. I mean, I just couldn't let that go. <laughs> Giggling it off. Doing what the Joker was doing. And that's insanity. The Joker was insane. And look how so sen how sensitive you are to the word cracker. To me calling white people crackers. 
Like people are man, if you go out and say Nick, like like you know, when I be teaching on the streets, people are scared to say scared to say that the white man is the one that's oppressing them. Because we have been totally rewired. You don't think that you can say that. You don't think you can call them you don't think you can call them crackers. Watch this clip. Listen to this clip. This was on Twitter just now. Cause I know that that cracker thing bothered you. Listen to this clip. It's like <laughs> real ass bitch, give a fuck about the industry. I'ma say nigga, cause I know what I fucking need. I don't give a fuck about your race or your ethnicity. If you got a dick, then that's just what you gonna be. Real ass bitch, man, I grew up in the hood and I been saying nigga, bitches been up in my book and I don't give a fuck what you bitches gotta say, cause I'ma say nigga every single fucking day, bitch. Act up, you can get snatched up. Bitches trying to say I'm acting black, bitch, shut up. Act up, you can get snatched up. All you bitches mad cause you think I'm just gassed up. I don't really give a fuck about your race and I don't care if you white or black. It's the same thing, man. God made us all, man. We all on this earth. So stop saying niggas a racist ass word cause it ain't. If I ain't saying ER, then it's not the same. I don't give a fuck, man. You bitches just lame. I'ma say what I want is my thing. I don't give a fuck. Y'all can suck up on my See, we all humans. We all the same. Don't be offended. So, eventually, with the, with the Latino brother, eventually, a Jake, or African-American, so-called African-American, stepped up and said, also, see, that's the reason this place is racist, and this is the problem. I'm also having the same problem. He was angry. His initial stance was he wasn't as um, deprogrammed as the um, or reprogrammed Shalakia or reprogrammed as the Latino man because the Latino see that's the problem the Latino actually thought he fit in because he was like yeah you know I ain't a nigga at least I'm not a nigga so he thought so that's why it, it shocked him to the point of like he he started giggling but it made the African American mad he wasn't as desensitized as the Latino because the Latino a lot of times they think they better than niggas. And Latinos, Native Americans, so-called African-Americans, we all in the same boat. We all under the system. All melanated people are being affected by the system of racism and white supremacy. But nobody is as low as the Negro in this country. Nobody wants to be that low. So even when Latinos do come over here, they don't think, you know, they not going to, no, 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 me no, me no, uh, me no Negro. Me no Negro, me no Negro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, thing, that, that skit about dude saying he was Dominican and he didn't want to be no Negro. Or Sammy Sosa. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go tell Sammy Sosa he's no Negro, man. That's why he bleached his skin to, to the point of him just walking around pink. Just walking around looking like, I don't know, man. Looking like a pickled pig feet, man. I don't know. But... Um, the way to 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 see a racist, the way to know if somebody is a racist, I'm gonna show you how to how to how to point out a racist, right? This is what a this is what a white person does when they're not racist. I'm gonna show you. That's this is how you point them out. What, what a white person does when they're not racist. You ready? They will tell you about family members that are racist. 
They'll tell you how racist their mother is. Or they'll tell you how racist their father. Like, I hate being around my father. I hate going around there sometimes. We watching football. He be, he's so racist. He be talking about, look at them monkeys. Look at them monkeys on that television. Look at that monkey go. And laughing. Super redneck. They'll tell you about their racist uncle. They tell and, and because they'll have a certain dislike about it. They like, yeah, you right. They racist. But when you don't have those dialogues and they just sitting there smiling in your face all the time, they probably racist. They're sitting around having those conversations because those conversations get had. You think white people just sitting around not talking crazy about Negroes when ain't no Negro around? Just like Negroes talk crazy about white people when ain't no white people around. So we got to understand that. If they're not bringing that to the forefront, if they're not telling you, if they're not pointing out the racist, because they're going to be the only ones who can really point them out. Because they're gonna, because the racist ain't going to really say nothing unless it just happens directly to your face. Like it happened in the meeting with the Latino and the African-American with the, they got heckled in there. You seen, you know what I'm saying, the dude, um, you seen who the racist was. And they gave him the mic and he pretty much spoke his mind. And he didn't feel like he said anything wrong. Because these are the same dialogues that he had had with all, every, all his neighbors, all the people that were, all the other white people that was in the room. They just tried to act like they was appalled. But had they pointed him out directly, they probably wouldn't even need to be no need for the meeting. Because you could have attacked the problem head on. Went to his house. Sat with him. Had the one-on-one. Serious talk. And not play yourself sitting inside no classroom looking for sympathy from your oppressor. Looking for sympathy from the ones who teaching their kids to hate you. And to heckle you and to make jokes about your kid. And so we took we, we chalked up another one for that one. That was another one we chalked up. And with that, we're going to close out. Um, make sure you like, you know what I'm saying, just subscribe, uh, share this thing. You know what I'm saying? Help the podcast grow. Help counter the culture. Let's help counter the culture, y'all.